हेलो एवरीवन वेलकम बैक टू बातें बचाए दबास सीजन टू वेव कम अ लॉन्ग वे हैवेंट वी इट हैज गिवन मी पर्सनली इमेंस प्लेजर टू ब्रिंग ऑल दीज ब्रिलियंट माइंड ब्लोइंग कॉन्वर्सेशन टू ऑल ऑफ यू एंड दिस वीक्स कॉन्वर्सेशन इज नो लेस स्पेशल अमितोज सिंह इज अ वेटरन जर्नलिस्ट हैविंग रिपोर्टेड एंड इन्वेस्टिगेटेड द इम्पैक्ट ऑफ आईसिस कंट्रोल ऑन यजीदी वुमेन द टू थाउजेंड एंड एटीन यू एस मिड टर्म इलेक्शंस the 2018 world economic forum in davos and the list goes on and on and on so imagine his plight when asked about the one conversation that changed his life this man is a colombian graduate and a former news editor and principal anchor with ndtv well if one man knows and understands stories it is amitoj singh a mentor and an inspiration My chat with Amitoj holds immense relevance and reverence for me. So tuck in and tune in and listen to Baatein by Chhaya Dubas season 2 as I sit with Amitoj and ask him the one conversation that changed his life. There are many many conversations that have left a lasting impression on me. but i think the one that i would like to share is one that has brought me to where i am this is actually going to be a series of short conversations which has got me to where i am to start with i am a journalist in 2017 i was a on field reporter and i was an anchor that is what led me to land up in panchkula in haryana on bordering punjab and chandigarh and what happened around that time i had a few days off actually and my senior colleague she gave me a call and asked if i was able to go to panchkula to report on this big case that was coming up which was the gurmeet ram rahim case now uh, this now the thing was that i was supposed to be at a football game at my alma mater uh, in dehradun and i was almost on, on the way to it when he called and I really did think about it and I didn't want to go for another reporting adventure because I was kind of tired I had a lot of work on my plate and this was one of those moments where I was really looking forward to taking a break but I didn't so I land up in Panchkula um it turns out to be one of the most devastating 3-4 days in North India's modern history because it's shut down uh, Gurmeet Ram Rahim is convicted but before that I have one conversation that I want to refer to It was three o'clock in the night. I was reporting, and I was trying to come up with a story for the morning. And we were amidst about two lakh of his supporters. They had basically encircled the court where the judgment was going to take place. I was trying to speak to them. They were not speaking to the media, but some of them I managed to start speaking to. And the conversation became about how they believed that Gurmeet Ram Rahim was being labelled a rapist because he was politically, socially. somebody who had done things that no government had been able to do and the governments of the time couldn't stand having somebody so powerful who could essentially influence votes to the extent that he could and had already done in previous elections so it was a very complex social political conversation and just then one of the leaders of the group it seemed told them not to talk to me at 3 o'clock in the morning and that was the first sign of suspecting that something crazy was about to happen in the morning things started to heat up police came paramilitary forces landed up i was able to have a conversation with the lawyer of the women 
and he got into court and I told him that I'll call him when he's in court when the judgment came and I heard that Gurmeet Ram Rahim had been convicted and I ran back from the court to which had become the area which had become the epicenter at that time of what was really going down there was violence that erupted everything settled down about an hour later and we had jumped about 10 walls to get away from the action and at the same time I was reading information to my channel as much as I could we were a team of i think about maybe 7 to 10 people and after one hour we realized some of them were injured some of them were not one or two of them were missing then i went and i got our car which was completely shattered i found my driver who was about 100 meters away in a sports field he was lying down he was injured apparently he had been attacked he couldn't move he gave me the car keys i went and got the car drove the car into the field essentially it was really messy and we got out of there i took some of my colleagues to the hospital But what I realized that time was that this is a reflection of how complex a society we are as people are as a country are and how little journalism or words can actually do to tell a story so complex and I felt really let down by my ability to be able to do the kind of journalism I wanted to do you know we were all there the media was there and we we couldn't stop this the world was watching we couldn't stop this 35 people died and it made me realize that we are falling short and i felt myself personally that i needed to become either a better journalist or figure some other way out after that i went in january 2018 a few months later i was sent to the world economic forum in switzerland davos where i met another woman she was part of a discussion that i was doing on on women and it was the year of the women all seven chairs of the world economic forum were women and we had a really amazing half hour show that i did i anchored she came out of that conversation and told some of my colleagues that uh, she did about 25 interviews and this one that she did with me was the best two months later i was in the newsroom and there was an email that showed up that was an application for fellowship to be a journalist at the un i didn't even think about it i missed the email literally and two days before somehow the thought came to me that there was this fellowship so i looked it up and i went to my boss and i said listen do you think i should apply for this because if i do i'll miss out on certain key elections coming up this year and i want to cover those elections and i'm sure you will need me for them she just looked at me and she said just apply don't worry about it just go if you can get it you go and i applied and lo and behold i got the fellowship which was a bit of a shock for me it was literally a 30 second conversation but it was one that said what are you doing just apply so i went to new york to report at the un it was the dag hamish gold journalism fellowship for 3 months it is considered one of the most difficult fellowships in the world to get through to i believe Out of the four fellows, one of them, the one from Africa, his name is Abdi Latif. He works with the New York Times now. He was a former student at Columbia University. His alma mater had called him to give a talk about journalism in Africa, so he invited me to come for it. I went with him. I went to Columbia University, and Abdi starts talking to me about how great a school it is and how amazing it is, and that I should definitely apply. And we talked and talked, and that was one conversation wherein he said, "Don't worry about anything. Just apply." Don't worry about the money, don't worry about whether you'll get through, don't worry about whether, you know, this is the right course for you, you know, once you've applied you'll figure it out. At the same time, because I'd come to Colombia, I I knocked on the door of Carol Becker and she was so glad to see me. She met me and she was so happy that just 7-8 months back she had said if you ever come to New York meet me and I did and we talked and she again she really pushed me and we talked for about 20 minutes and that 20 minute conversation was like being fueled. I applied when I came back to India. I I got through. Uh they also gave me some scholarship, but uh it wasn't enough. Anyway, so let me just dive deep into the elections and I did lots of reporting and I worked really hard and I thought that I was doing a good 
job and I thought that we were telling the truth and I was thinking also that somehow people would recognize that. But as it turned out, uh, a lot of what we did didn't have <laughs> much of an impact. And so I was wondering that what are we doing as journalists? I mean, if we're not being believed, it was a low point and I didn't know what I was going to do and I had to make a decision. You know, these, this was a nine-month course, so I thought, why not just take a break from, you know, what's happening in India, the elections are over, it's going to be a dull year. The first year of any, you know, new government is, is usually low profile and doesn't have much happening. I still hadn't made up my mind about going because I didn't have the finances. I started applying for scholarships and I couldn't get through because of complicated issues about my age and citizenship and all kinds of stuff. But essentially, what happened right after that was that my father walked in July in my room at about two o'clock in the night. He said, what are you doing? And I said, I don't know. I don't know if I should go. It's a lot of money and I'll be suspending a career that is on perhaps the rise according to my colleagues and bosses. It's probably not a smart decision. And he just looked at me and we spoke for a few minutes. He just said, don't worry about it. And he's quite a gambler himself. He's made decisions uh, in his life where he didn't know how they would come out to be, but he just said, take the journey. And I was one of the last few people, I think I was the last person at Columbia in my course, Masters in Political Concentration, which is a mid-career course, to accept the invitation to become a student at Columbia. Literally, I hadn't applied for my visa. I had 15 days. I had not done anything because I wasn't sure. I did all of that and I got here. I am in New York and, you know, I went to Iraq to cover a section of the ISIS violence and conflict there. It was a crazy experience. And then I come back from Iraq to New York and well, coronavirus happens. So the best two months of what is a nine month course completely gets upended. It's a total letdown. It's a loss in value of the education that we all paid for. The story that I've told you is only to tell you that it's important that we take the leap of faith. It is truly important that we all just cross the bridge when we get to it.